the podcast you've all been waiting for. Broadcasting from Centennial, Colorado, in the Woos Media Studios. Featuring Jared All. This is when I'm actually like prone to go out. A little light jacket and a beanie on. Oh, it's great weather. And Connor Holzkamp. Did you guys see Jerry Jones open mouth kiss his brother this past weekend? Now, here's your host, Jared All. Welcome in, folks, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for the Woos Media production team for putting together such a some great new intro. Yeah. Some new intro music, huh? Thought I'd mix oh, it up. Jesus. So just for the audience to go out there, uh, I got a chance to listen to this before the show because some of us show up you know, a little early, oh, yeah. you know, try to be proactive. Uh, I made sure Connor did not get to hear this before the show. So uh, I am, of course, the... Uh, Host of this show, Jared All and Connor, joining me today here, Connor Holzkamp, as always. Uh, what do you think, Connor? I uh, that was I don't have words. <laughs> I do not have words to describe that that <laughs> nightmarish of a opening. But you know, I like it. It's a nice curveball. Give it's me a curveball here. Well, I'm in again for Nick, uh, yeah. producer Nick, this week. So Tyler, betting extraordinaire, hockey expert joins us again today and had a little fun for the show. Yeah, I, I thought, like it. I thought that on my last day here, <laughs> I thought this would be my last day for a while. You know, I kind of feel like uh, I get to have a little fun. So I did a new intro for you. Hey, so. I like it. I like it. You keep us on our feet over there. There you go. You yeah. know, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Since we have Tyler You're in nothing today. You're if not inconsistent. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he had five minutes to mess with him. This guy, is, he's just a whiz back there, man. I don't know what he's doing. But Tyler, one of your many, many expert areas of expertise is hockey. We're going to touch on that a little bit later today. Getting a little chance to talk a little avalanche, which we haven't done much of lately. But first, there's a lot going on. And I have to start with a positive note. The Broncos. What the hell was that? I did not see that even coming. I think last week we literally skipped over the preview of the Broncos-Cowboys game because we were so convinced yeah. it was going to be such a blowout. And it was a blowout. Just not an ever in the way I expected. Connor, what say you? Yeah. As, as uh, we tweeted out at Red Rock Sports 1, give us a follow. We were among the ones that doubted. I will admit, uh, I don't, I'm not sure how much of Broncos country felt really good about this one going into it. Obviously, they came in, they they punched the Cowboys right in the mouth, they uh, gave Jerry Jones a little bit of that brother, brotherly love, and yeah, it, that was that was fantastic. I actually will say I won some money on that one. I uh, I did a nice little parlay with the Broncos. There we go. Kind of just $5 throwing it out there, like, hey, let's see what happens, and it worked. I, I hit with uh, them and... The Tennessee Titans and the Atlanta Falcons. So since I know all of our listeners out there care so much about our personal betting. Absolutely. uh, I have to admit that I did not make a lot of money on this. In fact, (laughs) I lost a lot of money. I was so confident the Broncos were going to blow it at some point in that game. I just kept getting in on that live line, man. For the Cowboys? For the Cowboys. (laughs) Oh, really? And it it hurt me, man. (laughs) I, I had four different bets on that game that all did not turn out so well um so you know you live and you learn but it's a little bittersweet or at least you live yeah i I, I won't i'm not sure how much learning is no no because i did the same thing with the bills game later on it's (laughs) just it happened but i mean it was the jags man it was the jags of course they were gonna come back don't even get me Um, started but connor before we get diving too much into this game i i have to wonder are you 
back on the Teddy bandwagon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, he was tossing uh, dimes out there. <laughs> no, hey, I have, I'm still in the same spot I've been this entire season. I think you still play Drew Locke. From a GM standpoint, while I understand certainly why from a Vic Fangio standpoint, he would be playing Teddy Bridgewater, gives him the best chance to win any particular week. So I understand it. I still think it's a mistake. You, you should be playing Drew Locke. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater played great. He, he played, he played great. really, he, really well. He, some of those throws were some of the best throws I've seen from him all year, just dropping some dimes. How bad does it sting, though, that uh, Justin Field's tearing it up on Monday night? Again. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Again. I mean, it's getting he's getting better and better, and you can yeah. see. I mean, he, he reminds me a lot of Deshaun Watson in the way he plays. That's going to that's gonna be, be tough for Ho- a while. Hopefully less massage therapists. Well. <laughs> Hopefully, far less <laughs> massages in his future. Yeah. Maybe, yes. maybe, maybe one or two, but not forty. Mm. No, know? keep it. There's a line. Keep I it in a close knit group. You know, <laughs> uh. take care of your masseuse. Uh-uh. No, wait, it was, it wait good, hold though. on. This is this is getting bad. I think I got a, <laughs> a backpedal there. That didn't come out so good. Uh, no, it, I, he played great. He played really well. I mean, this is what the Broncos need to do to win. I mean, it's it's not a secret. You you stick to your run game. We hey, we saw Pat Shermer. Stick with the run game for once. Yeah, right? we did. yeah absolutely. I, I, I mean, mean, let's let's go. Right there, we go. There we go. The peanut gallery in the back getting getting coming in late with we, the applause. We Better late a, than never. Our live studio audience is uh, <laughs> they're a little slow today. They're a little slow. Yeah, yeah no, no, it was great to see. Great to see, and and the success that the Broncos had with the run was was fantastic. Obviously, injury bug continues to bite, and you know you were missing three offensive linemen uh, by the end of this game. And you know what? C- credit to the guys that came in. They, I mean, they really played well, opened up holes. Javante Williams, man, that guy is a beast. I That run, that run he had in, in the third quarter coming off, it was right after that uh, miffed punt. Yeah, Fantastic. we'll talk about that in a moment too. But um, he seems to have one of those like signature runs every week, doesn't he? It seems like it, doesn't it? And I think we're seeing the transition that I expected to see throughout the course of the year. I really think by the time we're sitting here week, you know, 12, that he is going to be by and large getting the majority of the carries. I think Melvin Gordon still stays in the mix, but I really think Javante Williams is now, establishing now I, I heard as something interesting guy. the the other day that so you, you as listeners will know who listen to this show, I had stated in our stat of the week segment a few weeks ago that that um, Javante Williams was second or third in, in the NFL in broken tackles. And he's still right there. I mean, he's still right at the top of the NFL in terms of broken tackles. What I heard the other day that was interesting is he's also second in the NFL in negative plays. So... And whereas Melvin Gordon is on the opposite end of the spectrum in negative plays. So a little bit of a boomer bust guy. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think some of that's just, you know, learning the position. He's a rookie, right? So I think, honestly, for the time being, the Broncos really like what they got with this one-two punch for this year. I, I don't expect Melvin Gordon to be here next year by any means. I, yeah. I don't, is he under contract after this year? I don't no, even know. no, he's yeah, not. Oh yeah, so, he's definitely gone. Yeah, he'll, he'll be gone. But, you know, I, uh, I really like that one-two punch they got going and and, and I mean, this is how the Broncos have to win games. You have to commit to the run game and run well, and you have to play defense. And then Teddy Bridgewater needs to do what Teddy Bridgewater can do and and play, you know, close to mis- mistake-free football. And that's a recipe for success. How much are you coming away from this game with any more confidence on their season and their ability to make the playoffs? I, yeah, I think it, it goes up a little bit. I mean, Super Bowl. 
you know, AFC champions. It's hard not to get a little bit caught up in it. Like I, I, I want to be clear that like this is a very obvious situation where, you know, the Cowboys did not show up to play. I don't know if they were looking past the Broncos or with that coming back off injuries, several other guys coming off of injuries. I don't know what was going on there, but this is as fluky of a performance that you're going to see from the Cowboys this year. I think they'll bounce back and still probably be a playoff team this season. But I think from a Broncos standpoint, again, like you talked about, the way they won the game, I have to have some confidence in some of these other games I'm looking at that looked like they could be toss-ups that the Broncos, if they can play that way, they can actually win nine or ten games like we talked about at the beginning of the season. I definitely know I'm getting caught up in this moment, but I'm trying to to uh, you know balance that a little bit. What are you feeling, Connor? Hey, a win like that obviously is going to change the narrative a little bit. That's just you earned it. You know the Broncos earned it. They went out there, they they kicked some ass. They they earned it. They played really well. They they really dismantled a, a Cowboys team that granted, like you said, they did not look good at all. But that might be uh, okay. I'm gonna say this, and it might not. I, I'm trying to think back. Make of, sure we maybe, have this cued because <laughs> some, something tells me we're gonna right. need this audio. No, no, I'm, I'm just trying to think back. Can you can you remember another game where? It was pretty obvious that Vic Fangio actually outcoached the opponent. That is very good point because that is what this entire game felt like. Every single fourth down, it seemed like the Broncos had the right call, and every play, I mean, they stuck with the run game. Yeah, they, you're right. They seemed like they had a really good defensive. Okay, plan would you say in just a quick, you know, look back on on the the few years that what three years now Fangio's been here? I don't know even how many he's been here. Uh, th- this is his three, three, I think. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Is this the best game he has coached since that, he's been? Here? That's what I'm saying. I, I was trying to, be, to think right? back about it, and uh, so the other game that comes to mind to me was Houston um, on the road. It was two years ago. It wasn't last year. It was the year before. Houston on the road. Drew Locke looked really good in that game, and they scored a lot of points, and everyone was really excited. And that game kind of looked to me like was a really complete package of a game. And that's what comes to mind. That Houston game comes to mind a couple of years ago. But other than that, I mean, no. And I, and I think this is better than that. So yeah. So I, I would be willing to say, I think this is Vic Fangio's best game. You know, people in the media are calling it a signature win. I, I don't think that is an inaccurate way to describe it. It is something that he can kind of hang his hat on and say, hey, we beat the Cowboys. We have to be taken seriously. So you mentioned that uh, kind of fluky blocked punt play and uh you know that first of all i flipped away i i you know i was away from the game at that point when that happened or after that happened because i was thinking okay you know the, the 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 cowboys ended up blocking a punt and then all of a sudden i'm like why why do the broncos have the <laughs> ball and then it was like you said it was a big play and all of a sudden they're scoring real quickly and uh i look back at that point i don't even remember exactly when that was in the game but that's Third it quarter. right there. That's it right there. If that play doesn't happen, I truly believe the Broncos lose that game. I yeah, do. You, yeah, it because it was a huge play. The momentum shift after that, and you could just see it on the Dallas sidelines. They gave up at that point. In time. Yeah, so, so that was coming out of halftime. Broncos first uh, first possession after halftime. I think they were winning sixteen to nothing, and so. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. A, a block punt like that sets the Cowboys up for a really good opportunity to score a touchdown, make it a 16-7 to game. The whole feeling of that game changes if that happens. So, no, I absolutely am with you. 
I want to shy away a little bit from calling it a fluky play. What do you mean? That's as fluky ah. as it gets. It gets blocked. <laughs> then the guy misses it, bounces off his head, happens to go right into a Broncos player's okay. hands. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. It's Happens a fluky all the time play, on but, Madden. But, but, but let <laughs> me explain. I don't like it because because what I've seen in the Dallas media, when I read like the Dallas Star and read some of these other Dallas coverage, they're kind of pointing to that play like it was just a lucky whatever. And, and, and you know what the word that stuck out to me was that I keep seeing in the Dallas media because of an obscure rule on punts. I'm like, what no. do you mean obscure rule? Everybody Why that did everyone struggle under- so much to yeah, grasp right, that? Right, the I mean, ball went forward. It touched your player. Think, like- of, think of it this way, right? On a punt. When you're punting the ball, as soon as that ball passes the line of scrimmage, you have given up possession. You can't, as a as a punt return team, run down and grab the ball, right? But you can if the receiver muffs it and it's a muffed punt. It's the same thing, right? It, just because it, it hits somebody's hand doesn't mean that it's still not a punt. They could still grab it and return it. So I don't know. I, I think, okay, fluky, fine. I, I was a little bit taken aback by how much the Dallas media wanted to call that an obscure rule. So, well, and and, and and our uh, Twitter team came across a great post. Oh, was, yeah. it, was it CBS or some somebody from it was a CBS in, in Dallas? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, talking about how unfair it was that the Cowboys had to play the Broncos in the opening morning window because the Broncos play so many opening morning window games. Yeah, yeah. He said <laughs> it was actually covered in a national CBS article that linked. To to this guy's tweet and said it's really obvious and i'm paraphrasing but it's really obvious which team plays a lot of early games and which team has a rare early game the cowboys weren't ready to play you know and this guy was was all upset you know so we our our, our twitter team loved to go in there and just point out that the broncos have four early games this year compared to the Cowboys seven, but you know, who's counting? I mean, it seems rare, well, but. and that's not a, a rarity. That's how these teams typically play. Dallas is more of an East coast right. following. They're, they're, they, they play a lot of morning games. The Broncos are a West coast team and they play a lot of afternoon evening games. Like this is not. And, and I think even in the, in the post from, from uh, Red Rocks that they, we even pointed that out. Like, no, this is every year. No, it's but, this way. But I think, I think the Dallas, I think, I mean, you got to put yourself in their shoes, all right? You're on top of the world. You've just won six games, six games in a row. You're six and one, right? And you just got your ass beat by the Denver Broncos. They are searching for answers over there, right? That's why I, th- I found it amusing to go start reading all of these different Dallas articles. That's always the best. That's the oh, best part man. of social media is the comments, it's, man. It's so good. So, um, no, it, it, that, that was that was. It's been good fun to to actually have a week where we get to get to enjoy a little bit. And we get to if watch there's it. ever a team other than maybe the Raiders that you want this performance to come against, it's the Cowboys because Cowboys fans are the worst. Well, and I do have to say, looking up on infoplease.com, which is always reliable, uh, the smartest cities by IQ in the United States, Denver, 10th in the, in the U.S., uh, Dallas, all the way down uh, 22. Ooh. So look, that explains a lot. You know, right, not right. the sharpest. So we should have empathy uh, for these We should. Guys. You know, I'm going to feel bad yeah. for them over there. So <laughs> beat them up on the field. Well, no, you know, they're trying no to make these excuses. So you got to love that. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. No, it's, it, it, it was great, man. It's good fun. I think it's a fun win. But just like you said, Jared, I'm, I, I'm not going to put too much into this 
Right? I oh, mean, come I, on. AFC champs. <laughs> the AFC's thin this year. If there's one it's year a dark open, horse. Wide can, open. Hey, I've been saying it all year. If there's one year a dark horse can come and, and, and shake things up, it's this year with the Broncos. Oh, goodness. This yeah. guy. He was just Who is it? It's Buffalo, it's Buffalo and, Kansas, and maybe Kansas City. Like, that's Baltimore's it Baltimore's up there for uh, sure. Baltimore, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we get off of this game, I want to ask. You know, we really, over the last few weeks, have just assumed what we thought was the obvious, that Fangio's out either at some point this year or at the end of this year. A game like this obviously does not necessarily line up with that that way of thinking. How, how far would Fangio have to take this for you, do you think, to, to keep his job? Do you think the Broncos have to make the playoffs? Is, is an above 500 record, is a couple of big wins enough? Uh, that's a tough question because... When you say big wins, one that comes to my mind would be a potential win against the Chiefs. And if, you know, we haven't beat the Chiefs in freaking forever over here. So that would be a huge one for him. But but I think at the end of the day, I think he has to win 10 games. I, I really do. I think Fangio has to win 10 Even games. Even if he misses the playoffs? Wait, so you think it's a number 10 instead of making the playoffs? Well, I, I think you would make the playoffs with 10 wins. I do, mm. I do think so. So mm. and, and I think if you get 10 wins, you go 10 and 7. And you miss the playoffs. I think it's a it's a coin flip. I think there will be a lot behind the scenes that we are not privy to in in George Payton's mind. I think he has kind of you know George Payton has to have some sort of semblance of an idea of this is what it takes for you to keep your job right. And if he's a good boss, which I think he is, he'll probably communicate that more or less to Vic. Right. I think they have to make the playoffs, and I think that's going to take seven or ten wins, which means they'll have to go five and three over these next eight games. Doesn't a lot of this come down to what Aaron Rodgers wants? I mean, let's not pretend. <laughs> I, 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 I'm You're serious not here. Wrong. Let's not pretend like there haven't been conversations between not necessarily John Elway and Aaron Rodgers, but Broncos representatives and Aaron Rodgers representatives, especially after what's happened the last couple of weeks. I mean, maybe it hasn't heated up, but my point is these talks have happened. That's that that's all but said and done. Okay, so. I think that to get Aaron Rodgers here, it's a lot of, hey, would you want Vic Fangio as coach? Would you? I think that's part of everything. So I think, unfortunately, that's, that has to be part of the conversation, at least. What does Aaron Rodgers want? And along that narrative, something that I heard over the weekend is, is that there's kind of the idea out there that it's important for the Broncos to finish strong to be a more desirable well, destination say that. for somebody yeah. like Aaron Rodgers yeah. or uh, you know whoever else may yeah, be. If the out Broncos finish seven and ten. You think Aaron Rodgers wants to come here? No, he wants to go to a team where he can win. But I, I think that was part of the appeal earlier this year. Von Miller, good young offense, offensive line gone, gone. I mean, gone. you know what? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No longer so, here. None of, the, none of the above. So I think finishing strong is going to be the case. But look. There is something to be said of what John Elway's done in the past. Can he do that again? It, there are two John Elways. There's the saga of John Elway on draft day and then John Elway during free agency. It's two completely different things. If he can channel the Akeem Tlaib, DeMarcus Ware days See, I'm going to even differentiate it in a different way there and, and be like it's it's like the Bible. You know, It's like Old Testament John and New Testament John, right? <laughs> exactly. Like before Super Bowl 50, every decision he made was just like gold. Everything that he did was just perfect. Ever since then, New Testament John, he got a little soft. But you know? with Aaron Rodgers on the horizon, I think he may channel old school John I think that may be the the key <laughs> all right well we'll see I guess yeah. we'll see what happens what do you think Jay do you think he keeps his job Vic Fangio I, I mean what do you think it takes for him to keep his I, job I 
I honestly think a 10-win season gets – I think any sort of strong finish here, I could absolutely see them sticking with him. I do I do agree with you, Tyler, that a lot will depend on what direction they're going. If they're going to bring in another young quarterback, I don't know. Do you do that with Fangio? Well, and that's not to mention anything with ownership too. Sure. If there's going to be a new ownership group in, they might want to, to have their guy So while there, so. I feel very strongly Vic Fangio should not – be the coach next year regardless of how this team finishes i actually think there's a a, a pretty decent chance shot i'm not going to say more likely than not that he keeps his job but i'm going to put it maybe like 40 percent chance he keeps it 60 percent chance he loses it i mean i really think it's a close thing and if he finishes strong like you mentioned gets a win or two i mean they play the chiefs twice still before the end of the season a lot of division games I mean, lots of opportunities if you finish it with a, a nine or ten win season i absolutely could but, see them keeping i mean it. I mean, look, I've said this before. I think if you're George Payton, the only reason that you fire Vic during the season, right, is if you have a coach currently on the Broncos roster, maybe a Munchak or something, that you feel like you are going to consider as a head coaching candidate. Because in that case, it would make sense. You fire Vic Fangio. You get this guy that says, hey, maybe we want to consider this guy as a head coach. And you give him like a good seven, eight games. Or, you know, maybe after the bye week, after next week, right? That would be the only way, in my mind, it makes sense to fire Vic Fangio during the season. And, I, and I've said that before. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see that. I don't think you should see that unless you want Munchak or somebody else on this roster to get kind of a trial run at it. Um but I do not think that Vic Fangio should keep his job after this year, barring anything crazy. I mean, if the Broncos go on a run here, they end up winning a playoff game, God forbid, something like that, then then okay, I will change my tune at that point. I will probably be getting a Teddy Two Gloves tattoo also for those who are uh, just <laughs> tuning in. I did make a bet at the beginning of the year here on air how if the Broncos made it to the AFC Championship, I would be getting a Teddy Bridgewater Two Gloves tattoo somewhere on this glorious body. Uh, you're gonna do it on your on your rear, right? I was yeah, thinking probably. right on the cheek. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking right one of the on cheeks. The cheek. That's so. perfect. Yeah. Anyways, I think I think that if if Vic Fangio keeps his job, it's very likely it's, that I'm. It's going to be really direction. interesting to see. Obviously, how the season finishes out here, but what they do in the off season and how how quickly a move is made, if at all. Uh, transitioning to the the game moving forward against the Eagles this week, a very winnable game for the Broncos, one at home where they are three-point favorites, which, to be honest with you, again, getting maybe a little caught up in this moment of the victory over the Cowboys, I was surprised the Broncos weren't favored by more. And, and you know, for those out there who aren't, you know, big into to betting or understand lines, and by, by no means am I an expert, if, if you want an expert – Look into Tyler and, and his podcast, and Tyler, you, you just uh, rebranding on that. Yeah, show, it, it just actually uh, is available uh, today that we're recording. It's called Sports Betting Daily. So uh, check that out, brand new podcast. Okay, and that's a part of the Woos Media family, guys. We've told you this before. If you haven't already, go check out Woos Media. That's You can find them at woosmedia.com, W-O-O-Z-E Media. Lots of different good shows if you guys like to listen to different things, even outside of Colorado sports. Um, getting back to this, though, Broncos open up as three-point favorites. At home, you're typically getting... About three points, right, Tyler? As as far as the lean for a home Roughly, team, roughly yeah, three. So yeah. that that is, you'll hear a lot of, of people say two and a half two these and days. Half, yeah, but I think that what happened just quickly. I yeah, won't go, no, go too on, on too long with this, but 
what happened is during COVID, home field, everyone pretty much consensus used three. And then uh, COVID brought home field down to like one, maybe like to like 1.2. Because there's no fans. Right. Very and then few. now the fans are back. Everyone seems to have just stopped at two and a half. No one's gone back to three. But I really think it's so much more nuanced and situational. Division games, if it's the Chiefs, Raiders, things like that, I would say two and a half. If it's like the Eagles who rarely come to Denver, I would say three is very fair. And so, so if we're looking at the Broncos getting a three-point edge being at home, that, that's Vegas, Tony. They think these are two even teams. And honestly, I'm surprised. I, if you've watched the Eagles play, they they don't look good. They I don't, don't know. I don't know, man. Jalen Hurts is looking better and better. They're doing more with him. I think yeah, that yeah. they looked bad to start with, but they're improving how you want a young developing team to improve. And, and they got a good front seven. You got some really nice D-tackle play there with Hargraves. I, I don't. Don't. I, got, see, wow, that's the mentality. Are, so you guys are going to come. I'm looking at a team that's combined. There's three wins or uh, against teams with a combined record of eight and seventeen, okay, but you can the say Falcons, that about the, the Broncos. Panthers, the Lions, exactly. Except for I'm the not, Cowboys, okay. I'm I not. I'm not disagreeing, but I just think when you look at a team that it's exactly the narrative that's out there. The Broncos, like this, is a team that's beaten up on bad teams. It's not a very good football team when they have played good teams. They don't look good. I, I, again, maybe I'm getting caught up in this momentum coming off of this win against Dallas. Uh, I think. But I think, I think if, there should be maybe a, a four or five point spread there. Well, I think it would be. I think you would be re- correct if, and again, Tyler's here, which is great for our betting uh, talks, but I think if, if the Lions depended more on public money, you would probably see a little bit more movement in the way that you described. That would be my personal guess. Uh, but considering the Lions are, are you know a little more nuanced than that, and they're, they're shaped in a lot of ways by sharp money, right? I mean, that, that wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, you say, Tyler? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sunday, on Sunday, that may change for some really big games, uh-huh. but by... Uh, in general, it's it's the big money that's shifting things. Right, but keep so. in mind, we're recording on... It's Tuesday. Tuesday. So th- a lot's going to change yeah. by the end of the week. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, honestly, the Broncos closed, you know, maybe closer to minus one and a half or two. Oh, but that, so you that, think it's going to go the opposite way? Uh, that, that's just a, a look. That's just, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think if anything, it may go the opposite way. With okay. the so you're telling yeah. me hold out if I want to get in so on the So you're telling me... No, 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 no. Broncos <laughs> minus one and a half or two. No, Broncos are minus three right now. Oh, they're minus three right now? Okay. No, so uh, I thought I thought for some reason you said it was a pick em. I haven't seen the lines right No, anything. sorry. On a neutral field. Yeah, on a neutral field, it would be. That's uh, kind of okay. what I was insinuating. No, there. no. They're, I th- they're, uh, they're saying they're even teams. Yeah, so okay. I don't know. I, I don't think... I mean, look, I'm not great with NFL predictions for line moves anyway. I don't primarily bet the NFL, but right, I don't you're, know. You're, you're a hockey guy. Soccer. Hockey, soccer, a little bit of college basketball, which just started back up today, but uh, the, mainly the, mainly the, the obscure sports that when, no one when watches. Are we and there's, get, a, there's a reason for that. When, are, when is Woos Media going to add a full-time soccer podcast? I don't know. I think that's what, our, I think I what, the, what the audience is looking for, Tyler. Well, they may have to go elsewhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> But no, with three, I mean, that that's interesting. You know, I, I don't I don't know. What do you guys think? Do, did you guys think it's going to come I, down? I or? think it's a it's a very winnable game. I, I would have w- before you even told me that line. I would have kind of just thought it's one of those toss up games. Okay, I, I think the Eagles are better at times than their record shows. But but they are their record. I mean, at the end of the day, they are their record. They they have shown to have a lot of weaknesses. Right. I think the Broncos can attack them in the run. I definitely think the Broncos can attack the Eagles in the run, and I think. That should open up some of the short to intermediate pass game. I think the Broncos can move the ball on Philly. If they if they come in with the approach that they did against the Cowboys, I honestly think the Broncos can really have a good game offensively. So I pulled up uh, uh, Pro Football Focus power ratings. They have the Broncos exactly, well, 
0.1. So pretty much exactly an average team. And they have Philadelphia negative 3.6. So the, it, it's pretty much on right line on with what we're seeing. Okay. Philadelphia three and a half points worse. But that's the thing. It's like all these teams are a lot closer than I think we we believe they are. I, don't don't overlook Philly. Like they're going to come on in right, here and give the right. Broncos a, a game. I it, think it's for gonna me be... the biggest thing that scares me is is Jalen Hurts. You mentioned it. That that's a threat that's tough for any team, but let alone a team that just let let go of your best pass rusher. Now the pass rush was was good in this last game against the Cowboys, and I think that's something you can build off of. But that's where a guy like Jalen Hurts really makes that difficult on your edge defenders because well, you can't and, just pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. And, and you know, Devontae Smith can be a problem too. He obviously Heisman Heisman winner. He's playing well this year in the NFL. Um, anybody not named Devontae Smith right now is not scaring me. I, the Eagles, the Eagles wide receivers seem to just be disappearing back into the hedge, like that gif with Homer Simpson just kind of going back into the hedges. Um, I I think if if the Broncos can contain their top receiver and Jalen Hurts from running all over the place on him, I, th- I think they'll be in good shape, and, and I expect the Broncos to win this one. Yeah, I'm there with you. I really think it, if the Broncos play their game and they kind of control the pace of the game, they should win this handily. And I'm not saying they're going to dominate in the way that they beat, See, they beat the Cowboys. I don't know about I, handily. This scares I, me. It's the same overreaction, in my opinion, Jerry, that you had last week with Dallas. No, it's like, but it's, we're gonna it's get less killed about we're gonna the kill Broncos. Them. And to me, it is more about the Eagles. And that's it's a team that really doesn't scare me in their ability to... See, I, I actually really disagree with that. I think we're underestimating how good or, or how Philadelphia matches up with the Broncos. It's not like the Broncos are, again, all these teams are very close together. And I think if this were on a neutral field, you know, I would probably say, you know, Philadelphia, I may take them in a bet against you or something. I think if, if Philly looks bad this game, it's not because they're roster or their lack of talent. I think it's because of Denver, it's a tough place to play. Philly doesn't often come here. We see teams who come to Denver all the time do a lot better on average, right, than teams who rarely ever come here and don't deal with it. And it gets in those players' heads. They really ramp up the altitude thing. It's all over the away locker room. It's everywhere. So I think if Philadelphia, I think if Philly looks bad, it's going to be much more. And, and this isn't something that we can prove at the end of the day. But I think it's, in my opinion, it's more likely that it's because of them not being used to this atmosphere and being in Denver and it being a tough place to play, rather than them just sucking. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally. I, my take on this is that on a neutral field, I think it would be a coin flip. I really do. I think it would be a really. On the line says so, obviously. Yeah, and and and, and so Which I think I, it's going to yeah. be a tougher game than than a lot of fans might think coming off of that. They're feeling good coming off that high. I know Jared, you're feeling good coming off that high Cowboys win, but um. Yeah, I mean that's part of it, but but really ultimately, I guess I just have a different view of the Eagles than the two you guys do. I actually see a team that is going to really come apart as the season goes on. Young coach, well, inexperienced coach, a quarterback that's not exactly getting all the support of the organization behind him, a guy that you really need to build a team around in Jalen Hurts, similar to what Baltimore has done. I don't know why you think that. With, I like Hurts. I do too, but he he's a certain style of player that you cannot force. He's he can't be a, a square peg in a round hole. He needs an offense built around him. I think you're going to see him make some throws this weekend that surprise you. No, I, I'm not saying he's not a good passer. In fact, I think he can be an excellent quarterback. I have more faith and belief in him being a great long 
long-term quarterback than I do Lamar Jackson. I've been out here on this show multiple times and said it. Now, Lamar Jackson is playing great this year, and I will continue to eat those words all year long. And when he proves it to me in January and into February, I'll shut up and I'll believe that Lamar Jackson can do it. Until then, I still don't believe Lamar Jackson can be a great passer in this league. I do think Jalen Hurts can be a really good, if not great, passer in this league. I think he has more of a natural uh, is more of a natural threat as a passer who can run. I I think your points are well taken, right? I mean, but but it's not just with this Eagles team about shutting down Jalen Hurts. Their rushing attack has looked really good the last couple weeks, and and I know that they're uh, you know with, with some dealing with some injuries over there, but they've looked really good. And actually, if you look at a a metric called EPA, it's expected points added, just kind of an advanced metric for offensive efficiency. Oh, it's the Environmental Protection Agency. Yep, there you go, that too. Uh, wow, um, no copyright infringement <laughs> there, huh? Eagles Eagles actually lead the NFL the last two weeks in it. Uh, I I think their rushing game shouldn't be overlooked either. And and the Broncos, we've seen them struggle with some we've seen them kind of do both things right i mean we we watched how they they really bottled up dallas's rushing attack which is number one in the nfl another really great rushing team the baltimore ravens they bottled up but then you see against the steelers not such a good rushing team that they exploded all over in in terms of running the football so uh you know and and cleveland brown who's a good rushing team also ran the ball very well against the broncos yeah but it was like their fifth string running back that's true that's true so who was Fishing for Mahi Mahi. Is, you know? is he back to Ooh, fishing for Mahi Mahi now that the running backs are back? No, I, I think he's still playing, oh, I think. And, and, and uh, what's his name? Still not in, I don't think. Um, oh, uh, Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So. You guys ever have Mahi Mahi? A good I piece like of Mahi Mahi? Mahi. Yeah, Go stuff. out to Hawaii. You get oh, some it's great delicious. Fish. Yeah. I mean, I love that. You guys ever had swordfish? I've had swordfish I've once. I have not. It's weird. It's kind of, it's a little, little tougher. It's, it's, it's good, though. Um, we'll, we'll do nice swordfish. I, Salmon's my go to, though. I like the movie. Does that count? Well, uh, yes, it does. All right, yeah. There we you, go. You just like Halle Berry. I just, I do. But, mm. but, but uh, I, I guess it'll see. We'll see what version of this Broncos defense shows up. Is it is it going to be the one that's going to be able to bottle up this rushing attack? If so, then then you know I think our coverage is is good enough to cover Devontae Smith and and I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to hurt us that much. I. I but if they start running the football, then I'm concerned about that deep play. I'm concerned about the deep threat, and I'm concerned about the quarterback running. They could be a lot to handle. I, they're, you, they're not. We should not look past the Philadelphia Eagles. You brought I'll up Devontae Smith, and it made me. It reminded me of some of the injuries that the Broncos did incur. Well, it wasn't just on the offensive side of the ball, but Pat Sertan went down with an injury, and I, I believe he's not expected to play. Connor, do you know anything? In detail about that? No, uh, I thought maybe maybe Tyler looks. producer Tyler can look up Pastor Tan's status here because I, I, know, he, I know he left the game. I want to say so it was I, a ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was expected to play. Okay, but let's but see. I, uh, I think it's rookie Pastor Tan to miss multiple games with oh, knee sprain. Wow, knee sprain. So, knee okay. sprain. so yeah. that that is big. Uh, it was Tim Patrick. I was thinking of yes, expected yes. to play. So. Um, yeah, that, that's I- impactful because he likely is the guy that's on Devontae Smith a, a lot of times. At least I, I don't know. They is, don't. And, and Callahan's still out. So. Uh, you got Fuller and you got Darby and then Hairston, I believe. Came, well, damn it, guys! In, I was so. feeling good about this coming into the <laughs> show, and now you guys are just making me feel like we're back to good old Broncos hey, getting I, beat. I, I still think this is a winnable game. The Broncos can go out there and win, and and we'll be having a different conversation if they do go out and win, right? I mean, this is a game even with these injuries, right? You're a favorite at home. If you are who you want to be, who you say you are, you have to win this game. So we'll see. 
And again, I'll go back to I think if the Broncos play their game, run the ball effectively, efficient with with uh, Teddy Bridgewater behind center, I absolutely think they can win and should win this game. Before we move off to the Broncos, we have to address the the the, the winner in the room here. Of course, me winning last week in the Red Rocks weekly draft. That's rarer than a Cowboys early game. I know. Oh, Connor! And it officially actually is. I only have two wins on the year, uh, but it brings me in to within one of Connor and the Soaps Walgie tandem, as I guess what we'll call it. Since no, no, you've been in. Well, Nick well, gets all the credit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, don't don't put me in there. Good, because he had a loss this week. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. And, don't give him. And credit for those for who loss. might just be tuning in, we we've done a weekly kind of fantasy draft here on the show where we basically just pick some random stat or kind of a, a different angle on the game and we do a draft. We just go around, we pick what's going to happen and we're keeping score for all the bragging rights and also a couple six packs. So there we go. Yeah. And Jared is losing. And Jared, Connor, you mentioned here? to me you mentioned to me recently off air that we needed to come up with, and I don't think this is for Red Rocks uh, weekly draft because I'm not really ready to commit to this yet, but we needed to come up with the next time we put a big bet out on the show what it was going to be. And um, I have a beard for those who don't see me, all of you out there listening. It's a good looking beard. I have beard. a nice beard. It is nice. I also have no hair on my head. Okay. I'm, I'm bald. I shave it and it's uh, it works out for me. Connor has a nice luscious full head of hair. Yeah, so- luscious. Soap does as well. Yeah. So I think if we have to put a big bet out there, it might be the beard for the head, and it, oh, whoever loses has God. to shave. Have oh, to go Lord. full shave. Oh, whole face, whole head. Nothing. Jared, you wouldn't do it. What would happen with Jared is last second he'd say, "Guys, my beard is my identity. Give no, me something." Oh else. no, I'd be so ready. But without my beard, what, I'm not Jared. The, the fun not he Jared. would literally get on the show and sound different. <laughs> His voice would be a little higher. You wouldn't, you wouldn't he wouldn't quite would. hear the rustling <laughs> in the microphone. Exactly. <laughs> the soft rustling. All right. So what's so, our scoreboard and what are we doing this okay, week? Okay, scoreboard this uh, go, coming out of last week. Connor's at three. Soap's at three. Tied for the lead. I am at two. Coming up quickly behind. I, of course, the last week, what we what we discussed was who is going to have the most tackles for loss. Okay. I snuck in and took Jonathan Cooper wow. out in front of Connor. He was, in fact, the only one of everyone that was picked to have a tackle for loss. I am going to give Tyler credit for second place on this Hey-o. because uh, well, it's actually not Woo. a good thing. You'll be drafting after Connor because Malik <laughs> Reed, who you took, literally didn't show yeah, up on the stat play. sheet. He Did, well, didn't play. Oh, he didn't play. Yeah. He okay. Didn't play. Oh, that DNP. That's what they call a then. DNP. He was, he was listed as out. So. That makes more Injured. sense then. Okay. So, Connor, you will get to go first this week. Tyler, you will be in second, uh, filling in what for, is it for there. I'm not telling you yet. Just oh, wait. I thought you guys hey, knew. Patient. I'm like, be wait, I, give me an And idea. I'll come in last on this one after winning last week. So, what we are going to uh, draft this week is what Bronco we, will, we think will lead the Broncos in all-purpose yards, excluding... The quarterback position. Oh. Because that's the obvious answer. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. So after that, Connor, who will lead the Broncos in all-purpose yards? APY. Drum roll. Oh, you want a drum roll? Yeah, drum roll. Oh, there we go. I'm going to go with Javante Williams. I think he's the obvious answer coming off of last week, right? I I think so. And, And I think, like I said earlier, I think you can run the ball against this Philly team. And I think... I hope, can we just cross our fingers that something has clicked in Shermer's mind that, hey, let's stick with the run game continuously. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Javante Williams. Have you, Connor, ever hor- heard of the old saying about old dogs and new tricks? Yeah. Yeah. 
I have. It's full of shit. Well, yeah. Pat Shermer. <laughs> Pat Shermer just sounds old. Pat, it sounds like it. Shermer sounds like it should be a hard candy. Shermer's hard candy. Oh yeah. Doesn't that sound like a, like a caramel or, or like a uh, uh, you know a, a old school you know shop or something? You yeah, know, like something. Shermer's. Welcome yeah, to Shermer's or a beer. Kind of like uh, uh, I, I forget what I'm thinking of, but yeah, beer. There used to be like a, a, a popular Schirmer's beer in the beer. '90s, it's like Schelzer's or Stitzler's okay. or. Well, wow, I, I like it. I like your your uh, connections. Here, Look, I, I one thing I do well. I've got a lot of like business name ideas, <laughs> and so like Chris Olave for Ohio State, I sent him an email. I'm like Olave's Ogave. We can make some margaritas. And things like that. All so, right. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you know, I'm going to go Javante Williams on that one. Okay. <laughs> Tyler, who I will... I like your ideas, though. Javante Williams is tough for a name. I'll have to work on that okay, one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, Tim. Timmy. Timmy, Timmy Patrick. P. Okay. And I'm just banking on a big day. A couple of long receptions. Maybe a toddy in there. We'll go Ooh, Timmy. Okay. See, you put me in a tough spot now because the other two guys I have on my list are, are Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon. And mm. I'm I'm kind of torn because I'm with Connor. I think that it's going to be a heavy running game. I'm I with think Connor. I I am with Connor. Mm. That's like I have one of those T-shirts. <laughs> I'm with Connor. <laughs> we need to make some Red Rock. I'm with Connor T-shirts. Oh no! I would love. No, that. we don't. We I do am going to go against that. my better judgment right now, and I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Okay, he's getting back to full strength after this injury. He had a pretty productive game last week. I think he has a big game, maybe a big play that breaks him, and he will lead the broncos in all purposes that was, that was my second guess so okay i like it okay i like it all right all right all right, all right guys get off this broncos hill yeah but it doesn't get very fun after that the rest of the show there's good well i don't know i guess maybe oh, i'm pumped okay pumped so let's get let's get right let's there go. then the denver nuggets and for those of you who didn't watch last night again we're recording it's tuesday the 9th so the game last night against the heat am i saying that right okay against the heat uh, uh, i think it's actually is, heat is that pronounced right? i think it's pronounced heat. <laughs> Yeah, I bet wasn't the right team, okay? <laughs> yeah. I get mixed up. They play a lot of games. Um, Miami Heat. Well, Connor, walk us through what <laughs> happened in the game against the uh, the Heat, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, yes, 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 okay. yes. So uh, you did pronounce it right. Good for you. Uh, the the game against the, it, it was a great game for the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets thoroughly dominated a team that many believe is the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Um and, and they played great defense, held them held them to under 100 points, really dominant. They really, they kind of, you know, game of runs, went up, down, up, down. Second half, they really went on a run, got up by 17 points, never let it go. And so uh, Nikola Jokic has his first of what we think is probably going to be multiple, triple doubles on the season, 25 points, uh, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. And... About two minutes left, and anybody out there who hasn't seen this yet, I'm sure you must be living under a rock. But uh, as we all saw, the, Nikola Jokic got a cheap shot by Markeith Morris, who came across, uh, tried to sell it as a take foul. Right, the Denver Nuggets had a had a five on two break, and so he, you know, you know how they sometimes grab him to stop the break, right? That that's essentially what he tried to pass this off at, but he laid his elbow and his knee just body checked Nikola Jokic coming across the middle. And the big guy did not like that. Did not, he took a sep- exception to that, turned and, and gave him a, a bit of a arm bar shove right across the back uh, where Markeith Morris fell down and rolled around. They brought out a stretcher 
to, to, yeah, to that, carry the, him the off. The drama in that was yeah, so no ridiculous. Kidding. Yeah, and you know, never want to, never want to speculate, right? I mean, obviously, if he's really hurt, like that could be a scary thing, right, with your neck and your back. But, um, you know, many, I am sure, I'm not alone in speculating that there was a little bit of theatrics going on there. Just to, you know, which, let's just say he was moving around way more than you should be oh, with any sort of. Neck oh, and injury. he couldn't, and he, and he couldn't pick a body part that hurt. I mean, <laughs> I, he goes from grabbing his wrist to his shoulder to He's his. Like, wait, head where did he actually hit me? Knee, I mean, uh, seriously, man. Uh, so you know, I, I have that a was like suspicion. watching a soccer game. That was like it watching was. a soccer game. Was, and and yes. for a guy. You know, Markeith Morris and his brother Marcus Morris, who we'll probably talk a little bit about here later. Uh, they both play in the NBA. Uh, Markeith for the Heat and Marcus Morris for the Clippers. They've been doing that since they played together they, in Kansas. They have have a reputation of being really dirty players. And and you know, Markeith Morris, he's a he's a role player, kind of not even a great role player. He's much more of an enforcer. He comes on, plays a few minutes, and. I mean, this is what he does. You go YouTube Markeith Morris, and you will just see all this kind of stuff that he gets into every single year. So this is not a new thing for him. Um, so I think it's kind of funny if, if well, once again, I'm going to preface this saying if he was doing some theatrics on the ground, kind of funny and ironic that a guy who kind of prides himself as a, as a tough player, he has a really big bravado, right? Tough guy making a cheap shot. Then he gets what's coming to him, I mean, quite frankly, and rolls around on the ground, bring out a stretcher. And then I think he realized, like, I'm not that hurt. I'm not going to get – I'm not going to – I think his pride allowed him to do that, but not to get on that stretcher. So. It makes me think of that YouTube clip that we've all seen where the soccer player is clearly faking an injury and the, the paramedics or whatever know it as they come up. And they end up dropping the dude on the stretcher. And he eventually, like, grabs himself and throws himself <laughs> into onto the car, you know. That's what I felt like watching yeah, I, that last night. That's good. And, and I had flashbacks to, uh, what was it, Paul Pierce? Yes. <laughs> Getting off on the wheelchair when he hurt his elbow. Carried off. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was an elbow that he hurt, his shoulder. <laughs> Where's Nick when you need him? I love Paul. Um, no, so, you know, my take on this, right, is it's Nikola Jokic is too important to this team to be to be getting suspended, which is likely what's coming. And and it might be by the time you all listen to this tomorrow morning, the suspension might have actually been laid down. So uh, we didn't get that news before this, but that's all right. I, I think he's too important to this team to, to be getting suspended. You don't you don't love to see it, right? I mean, that's, that's brutal. Hopefully it's not for very many games, hopefully a game or two. But at the same time, it's good to see Nikola Jokic standing up for himself. I mean, this is the MVP of the league who in the last two minutes of a blowout 17-point game is getting cheap-shotted like that. And and we posted on our Twitter, at Red Rock Sports 1, you can go see... Uh, you know, everyone talking about the elbow and the shoulder, which which was rough to his to his rib cage. The scary part in my mind was he lifted up his knee and and made a very intentional knee to knee type contact where Nicola's right knee bent inwards. And to be have the uh, you you can't go at anybody like that, let alone the MVP in the last two minutes of a blowout game. You know, to a certain extent, I'm glad that he stood up for himself. I would have liked to see one of his teammates do that instead, right? I, it would have been, I, I would have liked to see somebody else that, that realizes, Hey, I got to stand up for our MVP, get into it. And maybe, maybe tussle up, maybe get ejected. I mean, but Hey, I, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with it. I'm not going to chastise I, Nicola for defending himself the way that an MVP should be treated. I will league. agree with you there that it, you, you don't, I mean, 
you don't want to see Jokic make a habit of getting himself suspended, but I absolutely love every bit of this, okay? And, and you really hit a lot of the points there, Connor, with you know him needing to kind of send a message, I think, to this league. He's been viewed as sort of a, a kind of soft player, you know, that he doesn't have that physicality, that aggression that, that is kind of typically associated with, with the best players in the league. And so I think to send that message is great, but not only that, I, I think this sends such a message to this Nuggets team and you know what I won't be at all surprised if they go on a little rally on a little run while they're missing all of their stars frankly and we'll get to the other one here in a moment but while Jokic is on the bench I would not be surprised to see this team rally behind this and behind their big guy and and seeing that hey he is absolutely setting the tone for this team that we will not be intimidated I love it I, I think we're uh we're in agreement here. You know, it's nothing you love to see. Obviously, we hope that Morris isn't actually hurt, right? I mean, that would change the narrative around this for sure. I still like, I still, even if he's hurt, I like the fact that he stood up for himself because that could be the MVP hurt. Maybe I shouldn't even say this. Maybe this is a bad to even put out there, but like, I, I, I'm sorry. A guy that goes and cheap shots another player and then he ends up hurt? Sorry, dude. That's what you had coming. Like, I, I don't feel bad for hey, that you, guy. You mess with the fire, you get burned. Yeah, right? I, I mean, it did. Seem yeah, I, I hope this isn't like some career-ending injury or something. But short of that, I you got what's coming to you, man. Thinking about these giant guys coming after you, though, and I mean, that's that's like a. I mean, I know Morris is obviously huge himself, but I thought about that. I'm like, oh, can you imagine like the. The four, like that's a lot of force. As as a normal sized human, yeah, exactly. as we all are, <laughs> exactly. what scares you more? A seven footer basketball player, great athlete coming at you, or like an NFL like linebacker? I, well, I NFL because what about okay, an NFL like cornerback? Dude, seven foot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you're moving fast on that NFL, yeah. on that football field. Uh, yeah, you're not getting away from yeah, a quarterback. Exactly. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I, all I will say, I'm not getting away from you, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am just really glad to see that Nikola Jokic wasn't hurt. We hope right. the suspension is going to be a short amount of time. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't encourage teams to kind of, you know go forward on this but i mean he's too important to this team you look at this this uh game last night start of the week oh, there we go start of the week start of the week nikola jokic first triple double as i mentioned uh, of of the young season 25 points 15 rebounds 10 assists two steals and two blocks in 33 minutes of of time hell yes he is the first player in NBA history to post those numbers in 33 minutes or less per Nuggets PR. And what, did he play every minute up until getting no, ejected? No, certainly not. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 33 minutes and how many are in a game? I started doing the math there. Okay. Well, now, now you got me. Don't on, start doing math here. 48. Don't start doing that. Yeah, no, it's 48. He comes out. He always comes out at the end of the, the second and beginning of third. So, uh, And also at the end of the third. So, No, you love to see that he has that stat line before he gets kicked out of the game. So, you know, he actually gets his triple-double. Yeah. Everything's good there. And did you know, Connor, building off that bonus stat of the week, Nikola Jokic. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Bonus. <laughs> 
I actually saw this. I wish I would have. In fact, I can find it. I saw this on Twitter that somebody pointed this out, and it's changed a little bit since I saw it. Uh, real so it's a to changing give, stat. To give the credit, Ooh, this is at Starting V Basketball. Okay? No idea who that is. Came across it on Twitter. Had to go look it up myself. So Nikola it's Jokic very reliable. currently leads the Nuggets in field goals, ah. field goals attempted, field goal percentage, points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game, steals per game, blocks per game, turnovers per game, actually, uh, free throws made, and free throws attempted. Basically, every single freaking stat category. The only ones I could come across across like a normal stat sheet that he isn't leading in is like three-point percentage, which he's second, and free throw percentage, which he's third. The, the, the man is insane. He, right now... He absolutely should be talked about as the best basketball player in the world. Uh, he is he's unbelievable. The the quote unquote weak spot of Nikola Jokic has always been his defense, right? Now, granted, those people don't watch Nuggets basketball. If you did, you would understand that he's actually not as big of a liability in defense. And in fact, this year he's playing really good defense. He has a 93.7 defensive rating. What does which, that mean? It's essentially how many points you give up per 100 possessions. Um uh, so he gives up 97 points per 100 possessions? 93. Wait, is that good? Wait, it's... No, it's it's per... Uh, oh, wow. So, now so you got wait. me on. Now, yeah, I think... So, so yes. Uh-huh. It's, it's the amount of points that you give up. Well, you think per every basket's Is that like per 100 possessions that your, your player yes. shoots the ball? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. That would oh, be like okay. per 100 possessions that you are playing defense. So 100 is probably average? I don't know what the average is, but I do know that 93.7 with Nikola Jokic right now is the is the best in the, how about in the that? NBA. It's crazy how he just gets no love at all. And and okay, and, and so just to clarify, defensive rating does tend to be skewed a little bit on, on your team, right? I mean, if you're on a good defensive team, then you're going to have a little bit better defensive rating. I mean, you can't look at this in a vacuum, right? Everything's interconnected. So, um, but at the same time, you go look at the Nuggets team defense, right? They are second in defensive rating. They are first in opponent point per game at 98.5. And they've held opponents to 100 points or, la- or under 100 points seven out of 10 games. The Nuggets defense is right there so far among the best in the league. And that's impossible to have if you have a bad center uh, on, on the court for you know 36 minutes a game. It's impossible. You can't do that. I mean, maybe if you had like the exact perfect lineup, you could get by with it. But but that should just show you something. That should show the basketball world something. You know, nobody's saying this guy is a better defender than Joel Embiid. Okay, no one's saying that, right? But I say these numbers to just point it out. He is a positive on defense this year. He is absolutely not a liability. He is playing plus defense. And, and when you're going to put it, even the haters are going to put him in the top three offensive player conversation, right? I don't see how you don't think about this guy as the best player in the world right now. And there's really only two or three guys that can even be in the argument in my mind. Yeah. No, it's it's a great, great start to the season. So uh, hopefully he's not gone for too long. Did you guys see? Nikola Jokic's brothers get that into was it on Twitter. Great. Yes. That, that's the best part of this whole thing. We can't gloss past <laughs> yeah, that. So yeah. obviously, uh, Connor brought up how how Markeith Morris's brother is also in the NBA, and he took to Twitter to be a little bit vocal about his displeasure with with you know Jokic's uh, reaction. Yeah, kind of gave a thinly veiled threat. He said he you know Marcus Morris tweeted out waited till bro turned his back. Shaking my head. 
noted with a little emoji of a handwriting thing. So a little bit of a, of a threat right there, right? Waited till, till bro turned his back. Noted. like Kind of like implying, I'm going to give a little extra when we play you, you know? So uh, <laughs> this is great. The Jokic brothers, who none of the Jokic's are on social media. They, they don't have social media. But Mike Singer from the Denver Post has, has confirmed that this, social, this Twitter account was made just today by the Jokic brothers, and it is them. He's confirmed that it is actually the Jokic brothers. They made a Twitter account today called at Jokic brothers. Reddy has like 30,000 followers in one day. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Almost as many as Red Rock Sports. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's unbelievable. But uh, so Jokic brothers come out. They make this just to get back on Twitter at, at Marcus Morris. And, and so they tweet at him and they say, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. Jokic brothers. They, I like how they sign it. <laughs> Jokic brothers. <laughs> right? yeah, like that, these are guys that don't so fully great. understand Twitter, I'm thinking. <laughs> right. oh, yeah, it's, it, it's fantastic. It's, I mean, if, if any of you haven't seen the Jokic brothers somehow, you got to go look them up. Online. Yeah. Just, just well, go look, <laughs> go look them it, up. If I may, I honestly don't like Stephen A. Smith at all. I like kind of hate him for all the big names on TV. I really do. I think he's so hyperbolic. I think he's a little ridiculous. But he was saying something that I heard on the radio uh, today, and he was saying about this whole Jokic thing, you don't want to mess with these European players. He goes, these European players come over to America, and everyone's front, and everyone's all tough. Everyone's got their guns. There's a gang violence. There's stuff like that. And I guess, you know, there have been multiple European players who've said to Stephen A. Smith themselves, where we come from, they drop bombs. Right, <laughs> right. The Jokic's went through war. I mean, we're they, afraid. Yeah, they, they've, they've lived through Yugoslavia bombings, right? I mean, they, they have literally grown up. Yeah, in, they're not in afraid war. of anything. So <laughs> no. this whole idea of back and down, turn, like, it's like, no, Jokic isn't going anywhere on and, this. And Serbia is not a huge country in terms of population. And they're pretty, you know, they're a pretty close-knit community in terms of, you know... So I'm not saying that I know by any stretch that the Jokic brothers have any sort of ties to, like, the Serbian mafia, but I'm not going <laughs> to rule it out, okay? We're just going to go ahead and say they know people. Well, wow. and, and, and Jokic is a national hero. Now, uh, Now, if you've been following, there, there, there is a little friction, actually. I always follow my Yugoslavian <laughs> yeah. or Ukrainian, You're, whatever I'm it is. Serbian. Go find the Serbian brothers handle. <laughs> Serbian media, yeah. yeah. Well, so there actually has been a little friction in Serbian media with Nikola Jokic choosing not to play on the national team. Uh, oh, this season, okay. and actually a couple of seasons ago, he made the same decision, and he didn't play for him. And that's a huge thing for them over there, so he kind of got termed... Why did he choose that? Was it Mike, uh, Michael Malone? Was no, it? no, it was his choice, and, and, and it was all up to him. And, huh. you know, so he's coming off of, you know, two grueling NBA seasons, uh, a really deep playoff, two really deep playoff runs, you know, the bubble, and then, and then that. It was, it was uh, last year, there was a very condensed schedule. And so, you know, I think Jokic just kind of looked at it. You know, he just came off an MVP season. Right. He he's he's exhausted. He plays. He leads but the honestly, NBA in minutes. Look, I, I I understand why Serbians feel that way. 
Yeah, no, I, I understand why I, they would get upset if you, if if we live if if we live in a country where you don't have that many NBA stars and your best player isn't playing, you kind of surprisingly they have a pretty good amount of NBA stars per capita speaking. But but, uh, you, but you know what I'm saying? I do. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's not it's, it's not the USA, for, right? Well, they don't have the NBA there. It's it's a right. very big and basketball is wait, a huge wait, sport. Wait, for the wait, wait, wait. The NBA is not in Serbia. <laughs> yeah. Ha. Whoa. Okay, Mr. Miami Hiat. Uh, no, no. So, anyways, my point being, even though there is that tension and friction. Boy, that crowd, our live audience is slow to yeah, Pick it way. up, folks. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so, so, even though there is a little bit of that friction, he is still, by and large, uh, uh, you know, a national hero over there. He's still treated very, like, very well. People, people love the guy, generally speaking, even though they were scorned by him. So... I don't think you want to be messing with with someone that the entire country of Serbia is going to jump behind and uh and protect. So I thought that was interesting. I want to get just through this this text because it didn't end there, right? Uh, but wait, there's, <laughs> there's, more. there's more. Yes. <laughs> so so that's what they said. They said you should leave this uh, this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting. Connor, for you. I would brother. really like this if you... So what, what a lot of people don't know about Connor is he's a great... Uh, he does a lot of good accents. I would love for you to ex- express your uh, Ukraine, your, your Serbian accent there <laughs> and do these in the exact voice that the brothers would do them in. You know, I uh, am honestly a little bit too afraid. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe the Yokus bros will be listening. Yeah, to this go, I guess that yeah. is true. Okay. Next time, next time we need a Vance Joseph, we'll go to Connor. There we go. Besides that, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about I that. I mean, hey, I have to say I thought so. that maybe you could have done your, your, your Serbian accent. And, uh, we just want to put it out there for everyone. Tyler's not actually a part of this show, so <laughs> if you have any, any, or if you're offended Look, in any way, the real producer will be back next week. Yoko Brothers, if you are listening, this is Tyler exactly. Walgie. I'm just a fill in. Uh, I'm, I'm some, at some other Tyler guy in the Walgie. company. Yeah, go okay. find him. So, anyways, uh, Marcus Morris responds to that. Says, "You got the right ones. Believe that." Oh. <laughs> and uh, uh, and, and so then it's still not done because then the Yoko Brothers comes back on and say, "I don't. We don't believe." We know. <laughs> we don't believe. We know. So. I so badly want to see this go down. Like, oh, me too. Fight, you know, like fight, fight, fight. fight. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's it is interesting. I, I I actually think I'd be curious to see. I wonder if Marcus Morris gets fined by the NFL. I, I don't well, know. I don't think the NFL will probably do anything about it. <laughs> Look, if they're crossing over, oh, it's been a long how show. Roger Goodell would that be <laughs> to find someone in the NBA? Well, I, you know, okay, but the precedent has already been set because uh, I think it was uh, uh, who was the Ohio State quarterback that was suspended suspended when he came into the NFL because of what oh, he had done right. in college. Uh, I don't remember. Was it Terrell Pryor? Yeah, I think yeah. it was Terrell Pryor. So the precedent's already okay. set. He will reach no, no. out. He will absolutely suspend uh, you outside great. of his league. That's funny. But I meant the NBA, clearly. The, uh, <laughs> so so we'll, uh, we'll see. I, I'm curious if the NBA might actually look at that because you can't have your players be getting into uh, threatening with physical violence. I mean, hey, I think Tim Connolly might actually, if he's not too scared of them, he might come down and say, hey, Yoke, 
let's just talk to your brothers and let, let's put this fire out, right? Let, I'm let's, sure he let's sends a guy. I'm sure Tim yeah. Connolly has a guy that goes and has those conversations. Well, okay, you want to know it's hilarious? So they, uh, like I said, they have like over 30,000 followers in a day, right? They, they make this social media account. They're, like, can you just imagine them around a computer, like figuring out like, okay, we need to do this. So we need to, uh, anyway. How do we get the intro? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they, uh, they make this, they are following one person. Oh, who is it? Jokic? <laughs> no, it's uh, Jamal Murray. Jokic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Jamal. So, so by all accounts, Jamal Murray has a pretty good relationship with them, actually. Uh, but you got to feel That's a little great. bit unnerving to be like the one person that the Jokic brothers are following on Twitter, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's I don't know. Great. I feel like you were just like anointed, you know, like <laughs> like somehow you just became like a, a king in Serbia or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. So now we'll see. Uh, last thing I want to want to touch on before we get off this Jokic business, right? Uh, did you guys see, and, and our listeners out there probably seen it too, a picture that was taken um, in, the, in, in the back of of ball arena after the game the heat led by jimmy butler were trying to come confront the nuggets uh and and start some start some shit Why? with the nuggets because of the after the game they, they left the game and they all came together like looking for a fight it looks like i mean you look at this picture they all look like they're looking for a fight and security well, intervened pull miami and up them. on the u.s iq list yeah. see where they land i, I would imagine what's a miami <laughs> thing to do because yeah. i mean come on you have to know at no point is the security throughout this building gonna allow this to happen yeah i mean maybe it's just the Maybe it's just the front. You know, you bring all the yeah, guys over. That's and, that's you know. exactly what it, it is. It, it it is, and, and and I don't know. I mean, they they were clearly not having it. But you look at this picture. Everyone out there can can you can go search. Uh, just go search Twitter for. Um, Dude, but this Miami is, Heat confronting Nuggets. You'll see it. It's this. It's you there. know what this is? This is classic NBA tough guy stuff. In the NBA, they always pretend like they want to fight. None of them ever want to fight. I actually heard Ron Artest or Meta World Peace, whatever. I actually love Meta, Meta, whatever he's called now. I love him as a person, as a player. He was always great, in my opinion. Good, good. He, hey, he, he's Got controversial. I know that, but I think he's. I love him. But either way, he's talking about. Hey, we're out there. It gets intense. It gets tough. That's our money maker. People see our face. Well, no one's gonna hit anyone else in the face. He's like, it's never gonna get real. It's like I've been in some serious stuff before. No one's throwing a punch out there. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. It's a good uh, point, especially on the on the court, but. Uh, you know, we'll see. You know what? You know what's uh, great about this is the Nuggets actually play the Heat again in ten games. Mm. Ten games from now, they so well, hopefully the suspension is less than ten games. It, you think it things be. make it, it hot? Be. Yeah, next I, I, time so the Broncos, I have it. Nuggets on, play I have the it, Heat. I have it on pretty good authority <laughs> that I, I I really do. I I've been told by somebody. Um, I'm pretty Connor's good. Connor's got his unnamed yes, sources. Yes. Pretty good authority that the. That the Jokic brothers have purchased their tickets to the Miami Heat Nuggets game oh, at the end of November. Ooh. So. I hope they're on the like the seats <laughs> right behind the Heat bench. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. That was good. It. So hey, but in all seriousness, with the Nuggets, um, they are looking all right right now. I, I it was a uh, they continue to struggle from three. They continue to struggle shooting the three. Will Barton was seven for nine against the Heat. So if you take him away, then it's once again a very uh, brutal game. One thing that was different from a rotation standpoint in this Heat game was Faku Campasso got one minute and it you was a garbage time. You love saying his name. You love saying his name. <laughs> Facundo Campasso. Yes. yes. Uh, so he got one minute. And, and I think that's long overdue. You know, I, I've been pretty outspoken. I'm, I'm a fan of Faku. 
but I've also understood that he is not a 20-minute-a-game a type of NBA player. He, he is a very specific role player, has a job. He can come in in a pinch. And, and he, you love the energy. You love the effort. He doesn't have the offensive skills, really, to be there for 20, 30 minutes a game, right? So um, I thought that was interesting. They, they you know, Coach Malone removed Faku. He gave a lot of those minutes to Austin Rivers and Bone, Bones Highland, and it worked. So we'll see moving forward. There was no MPJ. Got got uh, with the injury, and I know I think this is where we're rolling to next. Am I right, Jared? Yeah, and I think we can just roll right into that because obviously Jokic will be out for a little bit. Hopefully, not too long. But I'm guessing two games. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, as I understand, out indefinitely at the moment. I don't think they've put a timetable uh, with the back injury. Um, you know, something that's been going back to his high school days. It's been an issue. Yeah, uh, you know, it, missed the game against Miami. I think that's the first game he missed. Correct. Yeah, he he came up on a uh, breakaway. He he had a wide open layup. Could have passed the ball up, as Coach Malone pointed out in the in the post game. But uh, went up for the layup, and he didn't didn't get any lift. So he kind of came up short. He was grabbing his quad w- when it happened, um, w- w- which was you know interesting how he got pulled out, and it was called lower back uh, soreness at the time. Now they have. Now they're using the word, as you said, Jared, indefinitely. Yeah. Never a good sign. You never want to hear somebody say they're out indefinitely, and, right? And just to touch on that, you mentioned him grabbing his quad. As somebody who has back issues, I've had surgery on my back as well. It you do feel a lot of that in your legs. It's oh, the okay. nerves. It's because it's your sciatic nerve, and then that runs down your leg, and so that's where you get a mm. lot of the shooting pains in your legs when your back is jacked up, and so that's where a lot of times and I won't go into too much of the details, but. Anyone who has dealt with sciatica very much understands well, that feeling, and that's not good. No. Sharp shooting pains is not ever a good sign that things are going well, <laughs> uh, especially for an athlete of his size, of his caliber. Um, yeah, that's tough. It, uh, basketball is a really, really tough sport for somebody with a bad back, and it was the risk the Nuggets took when they drafted him. Uh, they even sat him out his entire rookie season uh, to – and I don't, did he end up having a surgery? I can't remember if he did once he was with the Nuggets or not. But regardless, got him healthy. And and so far in his career, he's been pretty healthy. He's missed a few games here and there, a little bit of time here and there. But for the most part, he's been pretty healthy. Uh, and then this is kind of that first, you know, of course, it happens a matter of what, weeks, maybe months after getting that, that big contract extension. And that's it's always tough. Yeah, it's, uh, it's troubling to say the least. Hopefully he's not gone for too long. My hope is that they are just being uber cautious, right? I mean, which which makes sense. That could be totally. the case, right? You you obviously just made a very significant investment in this guy and you know, the f- multiple back surgeries, you're going to be really cautious no matter what. So I'm just hoping that this is more of what that is. They're going to get more imaging tests done. They're going to make real certain that he is good to go before he comes back. It's not worth his career frankly sit him out the entire season if you have to for the sake of his career because it's that type of thing and i'm not saying that's how significant this is by any means we have no indication as how serious he could have just been tight he could have just been tight and and they're they're being cautious like you said but if you have any fear that this injury is something that could linger could cause further issues down the road you shut him down as long as you need to to make sure he is healthy for your future 
I think they will. I think I think the Nuggets are pretty good at listening to the team doctors. They recognize that they're in a in a bit of a championship window here, but yeah. I think they also recognize that this isn't their best year of that window. Sure, and right? and, and I think also in the moves that they made in this offseason, they, they he is kind of the, the the crux in what could make this be more than a one or two year window. He can be what takes this to a longer window where the Nuggets could be a presence for years to come if he can make that jump. Right, right, and uh, bad, obviously bad choice of words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, wasn't playing too well this year, averaging about nine, nine and a half points. Uh, clearly, w- really, I mean, from from a shooting standpoint, he just was not hitting and any of his threes. Can I say I think this back issue's been bothering him? I think that's why they're choosing to sit him down. Because you think so? I do, and call me a conspiracy theorist, oh, but God. it's a Tim guy that has. is. Oh, there it is. He's an excellent shooter. He's been struggling shooting. And, and and if your back is tight, if you're not able to move the way you normally do, it's going to affect your natural motion. And I think this could be have, have been a factor. And maybe not. Maybe it's something he just tweaked. But I truly believe that this is something that's maybe been bugging him a little bit, a little bit. And finally, he hit something in that game that just meant, man, it's not right. And I need to sit down. Jared, I could not disagree more. I could not disagree more with this res- respectfully, Jared. I mean... All due respect, I, I think, and I mean with all due respect, right? Okay. Which is which is very <laughs> very little due. Um, anyways, I I think with 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 what you're seeing with the Nuggets, right? If there was any any issue with the back, I don't think there's any chance the Nuggets are throwing him out there this early in the season. I really don't. I think if there's any back tightness, I mean anything, like, like if it, if he just wakes up and says my back doesn't feel great, I just have a hard time believing that the Nuggets are throwing Wait, him out there. Are you telling me that any day that I wake up and my back is tight, I can just shut it down for the day <laughs> not doing anything? Because I think we should all take note of this. I mean, you hit age of 30 hey, and most days you, you get the NBA. Up, I'll I tell you what. Be- if in, it doesn't even matter if you're in the NBA. If somebody out there pays you $200 million to do your job and it, re- it depends on your back health, Yep, absolutely. God damn it. You absolutely have that card. Around. So I do not think that that... I really don't. And okay. and you look last season too. I mean, uh, Michael Porter Jr. struggled to a tune of like 23% shooting from three for the first seven, eight games last year. So, you know, it might just be a case of him starting off slow. And I, I hope that, that is the that case. I, I really do because if this is something that it has been lingering, has been bothering him, that's not necessarily a good sign for them deciding to finally shut him down. That that tells you that maybe there is something going on. So again, it's Tuesday night now. Uh, I think a lot of the listeners out there, by the time you guys listen to this show, there will be more information out there about uh, about his status. Uh, about about how, MPJs? Yeah. About Oh, how, I, could, I see this thing lingering maybe. No, oh, I, 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 linger. I mean, linger, over the course of this linger. week, but I mean, we're, again, we're sitting here Tuesday. I think by the time we get to the weekend, we're going to have some information if they're okay. thinking he's right. out for weeks or maybe it's a couple of games or 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 maybe, again, hope not, but maybe something more serious that we're talking the course of the season and, and how much he may miss. So, again, Nuggets without Jokic for a few games, we're thinking probably. I'm guessing two and, for the and, record. And who knows with MPJ, we're all just kind of keeping our fingers crossed, hoping this does not become a long-term thing. Uh, but I have to ask, how concerned are you? Again, let's look at the worst case scenario, Connor. Let's say MPJ's out for a little bit. Um, you know, we obviously know we're at without without Murray. How concerned are you for this team and their ability to stay in that hunt? Do you think that this jeopardizes at all their ability to make the playoffs? No. Okay. No, I don't. You have the best player in the world. You have Nikola Jokic. You are going to have a chance. You'll to limp to the playoffs you, if you. You'll have, have a chance. Okay, so I, I'm thinking 
if, if you don't have a healthy MPJ who's clicking, like how we know MPJ sure. can click, right? Then you're looking at a you know four or five seed. In, in maybe and, and you know what Jokic is capable of taking this team to a three seed two seed he is he is that good um now in terms of championship aspirations i think that absolutely gets gets knocked if if you don't have a fully healthy michael porter jr and, and you know what probably a, a jamal murray too that's ready to go you're not going to win it win an nba championship i think i think that's a little bit unrealistic for this nuggets team um and with that said, I, I don't even necessarily expect Jamal Murray to come back and be Jamal Murray by the end of this year. You know, I don't. So I, I'm kind of already looking at this thing like this year's great. Don't say right? it. Don't say it. We don't want to go there already, no, Connor. No. It's but, not even December you know, yet. All right. All right. I won't. I won't for that sake. But I will say this. I will say this. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world right now. And as long as he's in there, you absolutely have a chance to win any game, including playoff games. You really do. You, you have a shot because he is that good. All right. The Nuggets aren't the only team in town dealing with a lot of injuries. In fact, they, compared to the Avalanche, are like healthy, actually. You look across the Avalanche lineup, and Tyler, I know you're kind of the expert here. You follow this stuff as closely as any of us here. And I went through. I just typed in on a Google search, Avalanche Injuries. And the list was like 12 long of guys that have been injured this year. Yeah. Just to name some of the, the key guys that, that most of us out there are familiar with and know, Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Devin Taves, Andre Burakovsky, Samuel Gerrard, Pavel Franco, all guys who have missed time 10 games into this season. I mean, it's insane, and it's obviously – taking the, the abs off to a slow start are any of these injuries anything we need to worry about long term as abs fans no everyone's pretty much back right now i know nathan mckinnon unexpectedly kind of was on the injury report today for practice and by the way a recording on uh, the ninth so today practice on tuesday but they these injuries were short small term not a big deal and you're going to deal with injuries in hockey. You're going to eventually have injuries. That's especially the way the Avs are playing. A little bit more defensive this year, a little bit more physical. We saw that in the offseason, bringing in you know a couple pieces to help with that. So it hasn't been great so far. It's actually been pretty bad luck, pretty unexpected. You ha- you may you you name some pretty big time names right there on that list, but they're all back. They're all playing. They should be good to go for the first time, maybe all season. You know, Jared Bednar is going to have a full lineup to work with coming up here for the next game. So, um, still a question mark with McKinnon. Don't know what's going on with now, him. Now, trying to uh, trying to figure out what goes on with hockey injuries with with <laughs> NHL it, injuries. It's a bit like <laughs> driving so, with your eyes closed. It's so funny. Like it really and, is. In the yeah. NFL, you you know if it's like a hangnail or something that a guy right. has. The NFL tells you. Okay? But see, the reason actually is like. They're not feeling well in their lower area. And the reason for that actually goes back to betting. Did you know that? Is the injury report originates, you can look this up, it's all because of gambling and betting, and a lot of people bet on the NFL. Therefore, you need the information. Does Melvin Gordon have a tweaked ankle? Does he have a... Is it... What's going on? So the NFL specified a long time ago, we need to give this info out. Hockey has never dealt with this. No one bets hockey. No one like pays attention to the sport, really. So they've never had backlash with this. So literally, someone could hurt their shoulder, their head, get a concussion, their their elbow, their wrist, their finger, their 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 chest, 
It's all upper upper or body lower. injury. <laughs> upper body okay. injury. You now, get a lower half. body now, injury. Now, right. now, now exactly. question, question. Half. Yeah. What if you injure your belly button? See, that's <laughs> that's where I think you can get creative. Oh, it's like, okay. do you have ra- like the 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 leg pain right with the back? Do you have radiating pain in the lower? Well, typically lower body injuries take longer. Why do we tell them it's lower body? So right mm. there, belly button, belt right. area. You never Hip, know. But right. I think it all depends so on how high you wear your pants. Right. It's like you wear your pants right? over the belly you button. Know, that's a lower and, body. And I will injury. say, I'm sure the players actually appreciate that because uh, from a standpoint of, I mean, I know if if it was the NFL right and if you were just saying like lower body injury you wouldn't be able to necessarily now hey i'm not condoning that people do this but it freaking happens right if you know that somebody's got a bum ankle you are absolutely gonna go and chop block them right and and you know what that's a big deal in the nhl too that does happen so you know that that so i i'm sure the players appreciate it no for sure anyways i'm sorry to cut you off i just had to no 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 no, at all the obscurity of the nhl hey let me say this is it better is a a hockey better i love it because the less public info the better for me so okay all right so about these injuries, and, and actually, you know what? I just want to move on towards the. Is that right, Jared? Can I move yeah. on from these? Well, injuries? yeah. I mean, well, well, we can quickly. So, Kamakar should be back soon. Uh, Nachuskin should be back soon. Pavel Franco, last kind of piece there. Again, should be back in the next week. But the Avs, Darcy Camper, then Johansson, then Franco. I expect Johansson to be sent down to the uh, Colorado Eagles. Okay. So, all right. So now, now I got a couple questions for you. Obviously, very high expectations this year with the Colorado Avalanche. Pretty much everybody and their brothers had the Avalanche as the number one odds-on favorite to to win the Stanley Cup this year. Mm-hmm. How concerned are you with this kind of sluggish start? And I want to be a little more specific. I, I want your kind of general thoughts, but I also want to specifically ask about Darcy Kemper. He came in and and was kind of looked at as, hey, this might be one of the missing pieces. He could really bring the goaltending up just a little bit more than we had last year. So far, I'm not really seeing that play out in this season. How concerned are you? What's your level of concern right now with the Avalanche and specifically with Darcy Kemper? What, what are you looking at? Okay, so first of all, before I get to that, if they do, uh, like I said before, uh, keep uh, Francois Giroud or Johansson, he may stick around, be a third goalie. He may not necessarily go to the Eagles. Okay, I just wanted to, pr- to specify that. Yeah. I'm not concerned at all with the abs. Okay. We just mentioned it. They've been hurt for a lot of the year. And also, one thing that's kind of interesting, you look back the last like eight, nine, ten years, teams who have these high expectations, the Lightning, the Avs, it was the the Caps last year, they always seem to start slow. And the reason necessarily isn't because of that team. It's because of who they're playing. They're going, oh, we got the Avs tonight. They give 100%. The Avs may be a little behind the eight ball. That's more what's happening here. You see it in other teams for checking the Avs. I mean, the, the Colorado Avalanche are not a team who habitually turn the puck over in their own zone, giving other teams wide open shots on net. The Avs are just making mistakes this year that they never usually make, and I attribute that to injuries and just a slow start that there's nothing to worry about. It's a long season. These guys know it's a long season. Now, we can't say that forever. They have to eventually snap it in and start playing. Right, they can't be giving up near the bottom of the league or at the top of the league in goals against. No, exactly, but that's more a product of turnovers in their own zone, not being aggressive, not moving the, the puck up, injuries, young people playing in the back end, and just simple bad luck, bad sluggish mistakes that you get from a team with high expectations in the first couple weeks of the season. Okay. Now to your other point, Darcy Kemper. Same thing, and I promise you, I'm not just being an Avs fan here. I would get on here and tell the truth if I thought something was wrong. Darcy Kemper is doing nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, I'm starting to question 
how impactful goalies really are. I'm going back and I'm doing, because on my free time, I find little projects and I do, you know, extra research here or there. I'm finding that what happens around a goalie is so much more meaningful than the actual goalie himself. Now, I've said that before on this show. I've said goalies are more impacted than than other people around them, but I'm finding the more I do work, the more true that becomes. Thomas Grice, three years ago, was a Vesna Trophy finalist. I believe a finalist. If not, he was in the conversation. He had one of the best seasons ever for the New York Islanders. He goes to the Detroit Red Wings, and now he's not even considered a starter on their team. They're drafting, pulling players from their lower ranks. Thomas Grice was never the answer. Now, I and other people thought he might have been. These numbers, these these goals against average, and it even shows up in advanced stats, GSAA. Okay, that's a huge goalie stat. It even shows up there. So, it to me, it's not irrelevant. It matters that you have someone in goal who's good, experienced, knows what they're doing, doesn't get injured. But let's not put this on Kemper. Let's put this on the defense. And frankly, there's... It's funny. When we think of defense in hockey, we a lot of people go to the defenders and look at it. There's five players on the ice, and it is often looked at forwards to come back and play meaningful defense. Everyone knows defenders are going to be back playing defense. The good defensive teams have their forwards playing defense. So let's not blame just our defense here. It's everybody. But no, Connor, it's not Darcy Kemper. It's not these goalies. It's so much more what's happening in front of them. And do you think that's a philosophical issue for the abs and the way they're approaching it? Or guys not being available, guys not being on the ice? Exactly injuries, young players playing, and again, just this general sluggish approach. Jared Bednar's a very good coach, and he knows how to handle this team. It's not the scheme. They'll be just fine. And actually, the good thing is, the more we get into this season, the central, or the, 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 yeah, the central, they're not looking as elite as I thought they would. Dallas, a little bit worse than I thought they'd be. Nashville, a little bit down. Winnipeg, a little bit down. St. Louis and Minnesota are playing well right now, but I'm not seeing anything to think by the end of the season, the Avalanche shouldn't still be the champs of the uh, Central. It's so weird to be in a Central division. Isn't like, it strange compared to every other sport always in the, the West. West? Yeah, yeah. But the, in, in hockey, remember, there's a lot of teams in Canada up there in the Pacific, Calgary, Edmonton, and then all those California teams, LA, San Jose, uh, and then Vancouver, Seattle now, and uh, uh, Vegas. So a lot of those teams push off to the side, take up the Pacific. So we're in there. but it, And that's what's funny is, yeah, with the with the Broncos, the Rockies, everyone else, it's always the West. And, and you know, here we're with Minnesota, St. Louis, Winnipeg, which is, you know, Winnipeg, all the way up there, Nashville, Dallas, is Chicago. Your, is that your official geographical location of Winnipeg, all well, the way oh, up there? Well, here, let me say something about this, Winnipeg. <laughs> A little handicapping tip, which has pretty much been caught up from by the books. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg is the most dull city in the NHL. Winnipeg, you go there... And one night feels like an entire month. There's no, oh my God, it's freezing. (laughs) There's nothing to do. Players hate it. And so when you get teams who fly to Winnipeg, stay there for a couple nights, you know, it's always nice to fade those teams. Winnipeg's a barren place to go play. Now, uh, Winnipeg, barren place aside, I I have another question for you. Yes. Jonas Donskoy goes to the Kraken, obviously with the expansion draft this year. Release the Kraken. Are the athletes missing Donskoy? 
Well, yeah, the Avalanche are missing Don School. He would fit that piece of that second, third winger who could fill in. He played very well on the power play. By the way, the Avs this year, 10.5% on the power play. They need improvement. Don Skoy was a good piece. He could even play first or second team power play. So the Avs are missing that Swiss Army knife, that player who can do anything at any time and be elite doing so. Now, Don Skoy's not necessarily replicating those numbers this year with Seattle. I think he has pretty good numbers. They're not the same as last year, but... I think that the Avs need to just work some of these other players in. We mentioned Alex Newhook earlier this season. He's blown it. He has not looked good at all. Mm. So the Avs are mm. missing a lot of this lower and third, fourth line talent. So yes, so far they could have really used Donskoy. He would have been a huge piece, but it's not like they don't have the forwards and the depth to continue this season. So yes, they're missing him. Will it matter in a month? Probably not as much. Okay. There's a lot of distance between some of these uh, cities in, in within the same division. Isn't there? <clears throat> you know, you look at like the NFL and it, you, they try to clump them so that for, for traveling, the back and forth. I know Colorado is always a tough spot because you travel west, you travel east. But the idea of having to travel from California, South California. It's so impossible to make these schedules. Well, here, by the way, so Connor, I don't know if you knew this either. I, I actually think I'm allowed to say this. We may have to go back and bleep this out. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't think so. I think that I can put this out there. So I didn't actually learn this until a couple of years ago. My uncle is the single person who oversees the structuring of NBA and NHL schedules. So my uncle pretty much makes the schedules. So what happens is, and I talked to him about this one day at breakfast. He says, all of the, there's as representative, they say, we have, we need to be on the East Coast for a team event this weekend. Can you schedule us with the Rangers and the Islanders and that sort of thing? And so they take in all of these requests, they write the algorithm to spit it out, and they come up with a, uh, with pretty much hundreds of schedules, then go through the hundreds of schedules and decide the best one for each team's. And there's some inevitable points where it gets really crappy. I mean, I think actually Michael Malone a couple weeks ago called out schedule makers for the Nuggets had a back-to-back and there was some team rested. And it's like, Utah. I, yeah. I think of my uncle when he says that. I'm like, well, he's doing the best he can, man. It's like... So- Two things I got to say to you. Yeah. So not surprised to hear that your uncle is creating some crazy algorithms knowing you <laughs> and the way your brain works. It all makes sense. It all runs. Isn't that crazy though that he's doing totally. it for the NHL and NBA? Schedules. Sounds like the worst job you could possibly oh, dude, ask. People for. get so mad. At oh him. my god! People get so angry at him because they they're stuck on these eight game trips. And they requested this and they don't get this. It's just like they have to incorporate the needs of all these teams, which is so. Well, then you throw in their like concert tours dude. and things like that. Exactly, that family member. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other. Th- you're exactly right, Jared. They have to work with like the the, 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 the monster ma- venues, monster yeah. mashes in town. Or the or there's the Disney on Ice is playing that night. So there's so many things and it gets crazy. But yeah, I do no, like it, the Disney on Ice. Oh, I I love. I'm a personal fan of. Uh, uh, I like. Uh, let's see, who do I go for Disney? I'm more of a Pixar kind of guy. I'm a big see, Pixar. I, I have guy. tickets uh, in December for. Uh, see, Lion you King. know my single favorite Pixar characters. The clown, <laughs> <It's good. laughs> little aliens in, yeah, see, in see, Toy see, Story. You can How did they not get their own movie? They should have gotten their own movie for sure. Those aliens should have gotten their own, got their own movie. Yeah, right, dude. Those aliens would have been great. That's a good point. Let's send that to. Hey, Disney. it's not too late. You guys see, there's a new Buzz Lightyear movie coming out. Yeah, but that movie is a movie about the movie that Toy Story had in the movie. Yeah, like the actual that breaks my brain. Character. So what? So what? This this <laughs> Buzz Lightyear coming? All right. So in the movie Toy Story, there's a movie Buzz Lightyear that the action figure is based off of. Okay, did you know that? 
Okay, follow me again. Story. Well, obviously, in Toy Story, there's a movie Buzz Lightyear. Why, there's an action figure. Right, okay. Right, so right, okay. what this movie coming out is, is that's actually that movie that's in Toy Story. Is that's the Buzz Lightyear movie. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it I is. think it's awesome. It I'm, I'm totally looking forward to it. Yeah. Although, I'm a little surprised that they didn't get uh, Tim Allen to do the voice. Yeah, I think he's got some legal issues going on right now. <laughs> I don't know, actually. So uh, I, thought, I thought he got himself clean. Yeah. My, <laughs> my favorite Disney, uh, before we get off Yes, here, yes. My favorite Disney movie made in the last, let's call it like uh, 15 years. Okay, or let's just say in the 2000s. Don't say up. As long as you don't say up. Oh, Any guesses? Mm. Any, I, I might lose my man card. In the for that. I was gonna say. Oh, uh, gonna uh, man okay, card. okay, we're we're talking losing man card. Uh, what's the the snow one? Uh, Fro- Frozen. Frozen. Boom. Oh That's a good God. movie. That that Frozen. title song is legit. Let it go. Let, Let it go. No, isn't it right. the? Uh, yeah, I'm not even. We are start. off the rails. No, yeah, uh, Moana is the best. Of Moana's the good. Moana's a good one too. Okay. That that title song. Oh, I will nail that. I, I think I think I speak. Day. I think I speak for like every dad of of girls out there, like under the age of ten, that you have probably heard and know every song in Moana. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here's the sad part, Connor. You have an excuse. You have what an eight or nine year old yes, child. I have an excuse. Uh, I just love Disney no, movies. I love musicals. I, I got an, nothing to I say. I have an They're excuse. Good. And yet I still went on opening night to Frozen 2 front and center with my dad and my daughter. So okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say without your daughter. No, no, no. no. With my dad and no, my but, brother. But see, I use Marley as my excuse yeah. to get in, no. right? But really, I'm there care. anyways. So. I don't even care. I love it. I All love right. it. Disney movies are great. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, okay. So it sounds like to me, Tyler, what you're telling me is we need to... It, 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 Go with through the same process with the Avs that the Nuggets are dealing with right now. Be a little patient. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're only seven games back from the Wild right now, or seven points back from the Wild right now. No big deal. A lot of season to go, and they're just getting healthy. I expect them to turn it on quickly. Don't be worried at all. They'll be fine. All right. Well, I think that does it for us today here, guys. Do you want to get... I do have one more thing. Before we get out of here, I worked so hard on this sound clip. Can we play it one more time on the way out? And can you do the outro to this? Is that, is that okay with you? All right, hey, thanks for having me in, guys. Nick's back next week. I'll miss you. We'll probably see you around Christmas time. Yeah. I'm sure we'll Nick be, will have somewhere else to we'll go. We'll be around. And you Until just gave then, me a great idea, I think, with this Disney thing. We may have to go in. And now, it's the podcast you've all been waiting for. Broadcasting from Centennial, Colorado, in the Woos Media Studios. Featuring Jared All. This is when I'm actually like prone to go out. A little light jacket and a beanie. Ooh. Oh, it's great weather. And Connor Holzkamp. Did you guys see Jerry Jones open mouth kiss his brother this past weekend? Now, here's your host, Jared All. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Yeah, great stuff, Tyler. Take we love it. We appreciate it. Connor, we're going to revisit this Disney discussion, right. okay? I'm here for it. This seems like a topic I'm of the future. I'm here for it like Jokic Brothers. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, again, that wraps us up for today. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, at Red Rock Sports One. Thank you, Tyler, for joining us again. Thanks, guys. Filling in. For Connor, I'm Jared. Have a great week, guys.